Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. Johnson. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Dexter After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Dexter After Show. All right, welcome, welcome to the Dexter After Show slash awesome interview with our amazing guest Amy Garcia tonight. Super excited to have you. How are you doing today? I'm very excited to be here. Great. And it is actually Amy's birthday, so viewers at home, you need to be shouting at your TVs right now and lighting some candles, but not burning down your house, please. But uh, we are so excited to have you here today, on your birthday especially, to talk about Lots of stuff. Talk about your career, talk about Dexter, talk about Vegas, talk, just kind of do an overall thing of what's going on in the world of Amy at this moment. <laughs> but uh, the way we got it set up, doing a little bit of introductions, going to talk about how you got your start and then maybe a little bit of how you got into the Dexter and where that kind of led you on your path to stardom and your future stardom, like going up. Sure. Nowhere to go but up. Hey. I mean, no, that sounded totally <laughs> wrong. Yeah, thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> now that this is off to a good start. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm uh, your host, uh, Stephen Lemieux, and we are going to go ahead and get started. So a lot of people, whenever people like research your name, always everyone goes to the IMDb. They always yeah. want to look up, okay, who is this person? Like, yeah. what have they been in them before? Because usually they look it up when like, oh my God, I've seen that person before. Right, right. Where can we find her again? <laughs> So looking through yours, it's like your career has been very, very prosperous with lots of recurring roles on so many series. Like I wrote down a few of them. We got American Family, Greetings from Tucson, all about the Andersons off the map. Like it's been very impressive. And just the whole fact that you can find somebody on a TV show like Dexter, who's super talented, you, you enjoy the acting and they, and they make you want to talk to them, is like you see that they're on all these shows before and it's just amazing to see how much work and effort goes into a career to get to that point where 
people recognize you. And I want to just talk about how you feel about how it takes so long just to get your foot in the door. But once you do, it just bursts wide open. Yeah, I mean, I have been a fan from Dexter since the pilot, and I think it's really an iconic show, and I think it's one of those shows that really changed the face of television. I think that it planted seeds for shows like Walking Dead and American Horror Story, and I think no one but the incredible Michael C. Hall could pull off a show about a serial killer killing other serial killers. And, um, you know, I think I think it really is what you lead up to. I mean, to me, I feel like I'm playing in the major leagues, being a part of a show like Dexter. And like anything, it takes time. Sometimes you have to play in the minors for a little bit. But I do feel really lucky. I mean, I went to Northwestern and triple majored in economics, journalism, and French, just because I always like to know that I have a backup just in case <laughs> um, things, you know, go awry. But um, but I do feel really lucky. You know, I, I people always ask me, what do you think was your big major break? And I think, you know, I was fortunate enough to narrate Spanglish with Jim Brooks and Adam Sandler, and I worked on Peter Berg's Trauma, and I got to play this, you know, badass helicopter <laughs> pilot, and, um, but I do feel like I've been very lucky in having a series of little breaks, and now, you know, I told Michael C. Hall, I said, you kind of, you kind of made it really rough for me, and he said, well, what do you mean, and I said, well, <laughs> Acting opposite you is such a joy, and he's such a good listener, and he's such a consummate professional, and he's so good that it really begs the question: Where do you go from there? You know, so um, so it it does. I do feel really lucky. I do feel like I've had a, a bunch of, of breaks along the way, but um, you know, but being part of of this show, which I really feel hits the sweet spot where people love it all over the world, but also critics love it because sometimes you can have something that's critically acclaimed, but people in Middle America don't know what it is. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. You know, and, and sometimes you can have the opposite, but I think that a show like Dexter is just so beloved by critics and um, and people alike that it's 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 just so fun to be on a show like that with such incredible actors. You know, I'll watch a show and I'll just get sucked into the show and you forget that you're in it because it's such a good show and they're like, oh, oh, geez, there's there's Jamie, okay, because you're just it's just <laughs> such a good show that you would watch regardless of whether you're part of it or not. But to be part of it is just you know such an honor. So when you were so obviously you started on the, the sixth season, correct? Yes. You started on yes. the sixth season. And up until that point, were you watching them as they were new coming out from the first season onward? Yes. So how, how did it feel when you, when you got that audition notice to go for a role on Dexter? Well, uh, you know, it's funny because I had just headlined a movie that um, that were, you know, it was kind of like a, a dance type of movie where I did all my own dancing and they were, um, it was going to theaters five days later. So I was doing a bunch of press for this film and 
I I got this call actually while I was in New York doing um, some press there. I think it was like I was doing MTV, you know, uh, talk show or something. And uh, they said there's this role on Dexter, and she's this graduate student, and her name is Jamie, and she's the new nanny. And my heart just skipped a beat, <laughs> and I think I actually flew back a day early um, just to get a shot, you know, in the room. And, um, and it was really nice because they called me personally, which was so cool because you never think that anyone sees any of your work. So it was just nice to get a call from, um, their amazing casting director, Sean Dawson and say, look, we think that this role is really great for you. We'd love for you to come in. Cause I was on the you know other side of the country and, um, and to have someone personally call you on the Dexter team to come in. I mean, that's, you know, just icing on the cake. So it was just nice to kind of come in to a room of fans instead of, you know, having to kind of prove your worth in the room. So I just felt really relaxed. And um, and I think that when you watch a show like Dexter, you trust that they'll pick up your idiosyncrasies and they'll just cast people that are innately right for the role. And so you don't have to do anything except just be relaxed and bring yourself into it. And then... Um, I just wanted to be really relaxed in that room, and I and I was, and they were laughing when I wasn't expecting them to laugh, and and um, and it was just it was just great. I felt so good about it, and I knew walking out of there, I was like, I nailed it, you know. But you never know. I mean, you could all you can do a great job, and then you're you're too tall, you're too this. But um, but once I got the audition, I just squealed, and you would have thought I won like forty five million dollars. <laughs> it's still it's very exciting, like any time to get an audition for a show that you've been shooting for the whole time or that you've just you've been watching and you're a fan of because I can't imagine anything better than actually being to be a very important role on a show that you're a fan of. Yeah, and I think, you know, I really believe in the power of words. I mean, five days before I booked Dexter, I said, what do I want? I think a lot of people don't really know what they want, and they kind of just go with the flow and whatever the world presents to them. But I said, if I could have anything, I would love to be on a show like Dexter. And... And five days later, it, it happened, you know, and um, and it's true. I mean, I think Jamie is really integral in Dexter's nuclear family life. And everyone loves when Dexter does his thing, but Dexter can only do his thing if someone's taking care of the kid, you know. So I think, and we'll see in future episodes how she really does become a complete core in, in this family unit. And she sees Dexter in the most beautiful limelight you could ever imagine. Her boss is amazing. She sees him through love goggles. And, and I think that what Jamie brings to, the show is she's the only one that doesn't have baggage. <laughs> Every other character on the show. I mean, you even see Jennifer Carpenter so beautifully seeing her progression as Deb from, you know, the rookie. I mean, in the mm-hmm. pilot, she is, you know, undercover as a prostitute and she's she's just but she's full of, of light and she's just so has so much enthusiasm, you know, she really feels like she can change the world. And while she keeps some of that, even even now, she really is, I think, a justice fighter, you see that she's just so broken. You know what I mean? And I think she did a, a lovely job in that scene uh, a couple weeks ago where she, you know, tells Dexter that she's in love with him. So you see that journey and so I love playing a role that still is full of light and she really doesn't have any baggage and she provides innocence to this you know band that is all these characters of Dexter and that's the great thing about the writing of the show is that these characters that you see for a while or the characters that they bring in a lot the writers are amazing at giving them interesting arcs that are moving they either move really slow or really fast. And in your case, it feels like your arc is slowly moving, but I feel we only have one more season to go. 
So it's going to be it's going to be great to see how they move your character along depending on how it goes. Um I was going to say something though. Your character you are the caretaker basically for Harrison. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of an overlooked rule to some people like role to some people, but when you <laughs> no, not like that, but like when when you when you're thinking of like the, the seasons you're thinking of like Ray Stevenson, you're thinking right, of all right. the things, but and you're thinking of the relationship that Dexter builds with Hannah and his trust in Hannah and his trust in Deb and all that stuff. But when you think about it, Dexter's most, the thing he cares for most is Harrison. And whose hands does he leave Harrison in? So the fact of that to me means like he, he placed almost 90% of his trust in you because you're the one who's taking care of his family. Mm-hmm. That's his flesh and blood. Yeah. Like the fact that the fact that you're Batista's sister in the, in the series and you're just introduced through Batista, he puts a high regard in Batista's words, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you've definitely proven yourself to Dexter as the person who will be able to take care of his his heir, per se. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I can, I can see a definite future for this character, especially with a nice arc going in with, with the trust that Dexter has in it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think even being Batista's sister was very informative of who she was. I mean, Batista is such an everyman and so relatable and so charming and lovely and almost essentially Dexter's best friend. So I felt like I came into the series as my older brother being, you know, Dexter's very close friend. And um, and you're right. I mean, I think Dexter doesn't trust a lot of people. And the only place that he can be honest is when people are, are on his kill table. Yeah. That's the only time, um, you know, up until Hannah, that he can just really tell people. It's almost like his therapy session. You know, he's like, I know I'm about to kill you, but... I just want to have a little therapy session with you, and this is what I'm feeling. And so I feel like he can only be honest when people's hands, life are in his hands. And so I think for him to put that kind of unconditional trust in Jamie, it, it, it is. I mean, I think, you know, we saw that scene in season six when he's out in the ocean and he's contemplating just almost being suicidal and Mm -hmm. giving up the fight. But then the person that comes into his mind is, well, what about Harrison? And when he's about to take off, he, you know, he always sees Harrison's picture and, and, and you're right. It is kind of his, his nugget of hope and almost his like reason for living and not just offing himself because we've seen, he's kind of becoming more human, I guess, as the series evolves. Um, and so I think, you know, Jamie's character does become really integral in kind of being the mother figure of his kid because he doesn't have another one. And with your character, you see, you, you interact with almost everyone who's a main character on this on this show, like especially being Batista's sister. How was it like developing that kind of relationship as, oh, you're my brother, David. Like, oh. you're my brother. Oh, right off the bat. We speak <laughs> Spanish together. He's, um, he's Puerto Rican. He's from New York. I'm Puerto Rican. I mean, it, it was just like an instant. I don't even think I said anything to him when I first met him. I think I kissed him on the cheek and <laughs> hugged him before I even said anything. So I feel like... I just, he just reminds me so much almost of my dad. I, it was such an instant kind of chemistry. So right off the bat, people are like, God, you're really believable as brother and sister. And I, like when I go to New York, you know, I, I text him and call him and, and I just, I really trust him. I would trust him with the keys to my house. And he's wow. just such a lovely, lovely man and such a big heart. And he's just such an everyman. You he's, know what he, I mean? He's one of the most likable characters on the show. He and is. I think almost all the fans agree that, like, I was talking about it earlier in an AfterBuzz uh, podcast talking yeah. about, we're talking about who we think is going to die, predictions of who is going to die, and everyone's, like, my co-host is like, man, Quinn's got to get it. And then I'm <laughs> like, well, I think Deb's going to get it. Yeah. And then 
I'm just like, I hope I see this Batista arc with the restaurant. And I'm just like, I hope he does. I hope he's the one who like gets out. He's yeah. like, okay, I got my restaurant and out. I don't want to see Batista like uh, two days from retirement. <laughs> I yeah. don't want to see that. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, how do you end an epic series? You know, do you fade to black? Do you, <laughs> I mean, I, it's, I, I mean, who knows? But I, I think that I know for a fact that uh, these writers, I, I won't mention names, but let's just say one of them has a private comic book collection in his home. And he's very, 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 very serious about about archetypes and characters and closing them out with respect to the fans because you've basically invested I don't know how many hours in watching the show over eight seasons and you owe it to the fans to really end it in an epic way so I can I can you know I I know that they are just trying to I think they're breaking stories now for next season and I I look forward to it and we probably won't know I I a lot of times they won't put the scene in the script that's in the table read so we're watching it for the first time as you are wow so I know last season the last scene was not in our script. Really? Yes. So that was that was completely a shock to everyone seeing the end of the episode last season and then seeing what happened after it. You probably only saw that five-minute clip until this season as well. Exactly. Yeah, that- so they're very, very secretive. So, um, yeah, it's... Uh, even even this season, no one got the last scene of this season. They read it once in the table read. No one had a physical copy of it, and they're just very, very secretive. And I love it because if you don't know, you're not tempted to say anything. And I'm so paranoid that I just border. <laughs> I, I always plead the fifth. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, so if, yeah. if you probably can't say it, you just don't want to, you want to avoid the subject completely. Exactly. And they just came out with the new uh, the new billboard for this whole coming to the end of this season. Yes, and, I saw that. And it has uh, Dexter and it has mm-hmm, Deb. Mm-hmm. And I believe the line was like, somebody's got to go. Yeah. And I was just like, ooh, my prediction's been going right all this season. Yeah, so what is your prediction? I think that Deb is going to die. My my prediction this whole... I was I was right about Hannah being I kidnapped. I play poker, so I'm trying to keep this poker face right here. Don't worry. As long as they keep the camera on me, you won't have to worry about giving up anything except to me, and then I'll be like this. <laughs> But no, yeah. I, so how do you think she's gonna go? Um, honestly, I think that she's gonna go saving Dexter. I think there's gonna be something that goes on between between maybe George, something that happens with Laguerta. Maybe she even takes the fall for Dexter and gets killed in a shootout or something. I don't know. I don't really want to speculate at that because it makes me expect too much. Right. And right, I don't. Right. I don't even want to look down that road because right. I want to be surprised when it happens. Right. 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 Like for instance, the last episode, I had seen spoiler pictures and I knew that Hannah was not going to pass from that scene. Yeah. And I was just like, man, I wish you, I, I would have had more suspense if I didn't. Yeah. But at the same time, I have to do my research as a right. host. And right. 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 <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, last season. I mean, last episode with Ray Stevenson's character dying, that's almost something that you'd expect in a finale. So I I feel like I love that they constantly throw curveballs at you where the main villain, I mean, the main nemesis of the season was really Ray Stevenson, and he's off in episode 9. So where do you go in 10, 11, and 12? And that's what I love is that they don't have any formula. If they feel like he's got to go at 9, he goes at 9, and there's no ifs, ands, or buts. And it's just, I mean, it's scary as an actor, I have to say, every time I get (laughs) the script i I say this in every interview i get you know the 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 bell rings and i run out and i snatch it from the messenger and i like quickly look through the script and you know my roommate's like are you dead yet i'm like 
Not yet. Yeah, we're good. We, we're good. We had a guest from Walking Dead on. He said, well, yeah. usually they give you a call because a lot of people yeah. die on that show, of course. Yeah, I'm sure. And Dexter's slowly catching up to that toll with yeah. this season. We have... Uh, he he killed the guy with the sniper rifle last episode. He's right. been he's been killing people left and right yeah. this season. Yeah, and that's what I actually think is going to be so interesting. I think that we're going to get to see Michael C. Hall do things that he's never done before. So for six years, he's been so wonderful at being completely subtle and yet vastly expressive. So he's stoic. But he is all these other things, right? And now as he started, he's falling in love for the first time. He's really becoming a father in, in more ways than one. He's understanding more and more what it's like to be human. So for me, it's the beginning of the end for him. So it's like, it's like a dog that has rabies and seeing his journey into progressing into almost maybe a wild beast. Like he's breaking the code here and there, which he's never done before. There's there's a lot more exceptions than there used to be in previous seasons. So, and you know, in, in a, a few episodes when I, I think, I don't know if it was Speltzer on the table, but he almost broke loose like a chimpanzee in the in mm-hmm. the kill room and and when he's like I have everything in control I mean you start seeing a little delusion and and it's going to be really cool to see Michael C Hall whatever they write for him in the future to just see him I don't what how does a serial how does this end you know what I mean so I I'm excited to see Michael who's capable of so much possibly get to explore those mm-hmm. sides of him because He's kind of going down the rabbit hole, and 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 it's it's got to be gonna so find? fun. To yeah, and they've been they've actually I've noticed a lot more in this season. They've been giving him those very subtle things that just make you laugh so hard. Like previous seasons, yeah, they've had a lot of good stuff, mm-hmm. but this season especially, I'm yeah. seeing like literally like he's smiling, smirking, and he just like yeah. slightly raises his eyebrow, and it yeah. just it just makes you burst out laughing because yeah. he just killed someone literally. Yeah, and he's just like. Yeah. yeah. And that's and that's like one of the favorite things I have about the show is how well the the director of photography's been doing getting the shots, how well it looks, the lighting's been amazing and everything. Every character on the show looks like they belong on the show and I really appreciate that. Um I want to talk to you since you don't know what happens at the end of the season, of course. Um I, there was a line on last episode that had a lot of foreboding behind it that I felt I felt kind of su- summarized what's what's to come in the next season, and it was when uh, Dexter's talking in the final moments of Ray Stevenson, Isaac, Sirkov, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Sirko on the boat, yeah, mm-hmm. and he says, "You gave up everything for it." Was it worth it? Was it worth it? And he says, "Oh God, yes." And I just still like it's been was it been like four days since then, and I'm still just like, "Oh my God, I just got chills." <laughs> yeah, it's like that is the. By the way, that last scene was just amazing. Yeah, like, it was great. Oh, why do you have to Like, what, what generosity <laughs> and spirit to say, you know, like they, they were saying on, on Scott's podcast, like, genero- almost like an older brother. Like, the last thing that, yeah. that Isaac Serko says is, what are you going to say to Hannah when you talk to her? You know what I mean? Like, it's such an <laughs> almost uh, older brother advice. Like, those are your last words, you know what I mean? So I thought it was a very generous thing for, for for Isaac. And you're right, I wish they wouldn't have killed him off. He's so wonderful. Yeah. They would have made great friends. But, sorry, you were saying that that line, like, it's completely worth it. Yeah, it's completely... It made me think that bad things are coming for Dexter. And... What were you well, going to say? Well, I was just going to say, look, anyone who's ever been in love, right, it's great, but it kind of messes up your flow. 
So if you're a musician, and especially at the beginning, and for the first time you fall in love, it's it's like such a um, magnetic, almost uh, hypnotic drug that anyone who's truly fallen in love for the first time almost drops everything else. You know, your buddies yeah. are like, dude, where were you? You're supposed to watch the Bears game. Why didn't you show up? And you're like, oh, well, and there's this girl, you know, and, and you start kind of dropping things that used to be important to you for the love of your life. And eventually, hopefully, you can balance it out and, and it all kind of flows together. But if Dexter really is truly in love with Hannah, then... I feel like he might start possibly changing his ways, which might cause destruction for him because he's such a creature of habit and mm-hmm. structures are very important for him. He's very methodic and methodical and, you know, getting rid of his blood slides. Yeah. I mean, that to me was a really huge step for him. And, and that's the other thing I love about these writers. You know, you have a scene with Jamie that's seemingly inconsequential and she's talking about Harrison throwing away his toys. And then at the end of the scene, they tie it all together and they're like, some toys are harder to get rid of. So it's like every scene, no matter how inconsequential it seems, affects Dexter in some way. You know, it's like Newton's second law. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And that's what I love about the show, that any sort of seeds they plant always kind of grow up and sprout. But I I agree. I I mean, I don't know. I think Dexter really is... Coming I, apart? A, a little bit. I see kind of just slowly slipping away at the seams because he's becoming human. Yeah, and it's like last season the whole thing was religion to mm-hmm. a point and this season it's fear and love mm-hmm. and it's the fear of love and what becomes of you after love. So with with so much going on in Dexter's life, dropping little things here and there, the only the thing that led the Guerta to him was mm-hmm. dropping one little blood slide. I mean, it's it's a very good metaphor for what you were talking about how love does affect people and how it is definitely affecting Dexter. But I want to go back to your characters just a little bit because sure. you did have a pretty substantial part in a character that got killed off a little bit too early, I think. (laughs) And you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, of course. How is it doing a... How is it becoming romantically involved with someone on set, like, in in the show? Yeah. And knowing that they're going to die, like, two episodes later? Well... I mean, actually, I think, you know, Josh is an incredible actor, and he was actually committed to a Broadway show. So, um, you know, a lot of times the producers have to write uh, to accommodate actor schedules. So, um, so, and that's what happens. Like, when you hire really talented actors, they're doing this, they're doing that. But, um, you know, first of all, when you're doing a love scene, the last (laughs) thing you're thinking about is any sort of romance. You're like, do I look fat in this angle? Like, does this look awkward? I mean, you're so in your head about the technicalities of things. Am I blocking him and and the cameras on him? Um, But, you know, he's such a great character. I thought he played Lewis really well. I expected him to be the major nemesis of the entire season. Um, but, But like I said, I mean... This show really is like life. Like you might expect to be at a job for six years and you quit after the first day, or you might expect someone to be the love of your life and then you realize that they have some, you know, freaky thing that you there's a deal breaker for you and you're like I'm done with this guy. So they might be a serial killer. They might be a serial killer. <laughs> but um, but Josh is great and um, and it was really fun to kind of you know have that that scene where she just and he does. I mean he says you know Dexter tried to sabotage me and Dexter tried to get me fired and Dexter and 
and what I love about Jamie's character is that she basically single-handedly holds the belief that everyone else did season one. Yeah. I guess her and Batista, you know, Quinn was always suspicious of Dexter. And especially with that, what happened in season five. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Deb is obviously cat's out of the bag onto Dexter. LaGuerta has her suspicions about Dexter. Um, so there's very few characters on the show who really see him in the light that he was presented in in the first season. So I love carrying that badge because there's so much room for that trajectory to go dark. Like, someone has to think that Dexter is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And obviously, blood must run deep. The Batistas are those <laughs> people. So it's really nice. I mean, you know... Batista still thinks that he's a lab geek. I remember one of his lines in one of the episodes, they're like, well, you know, they have a suspicion about this, or look, Huerta's mad at Dexter, and Batista says something like, what, for parking in his in her parking spot? You yeah. know what I mean? So he still thinks that Dexter is completely innocent and just this nerdy... Well, he would, would, wouldn't let you be his nanny if he didn't. Yeah, Exa yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I, I like that. So we'll see. I mean, I don't know if she'll start finding blood on his shirts while she's doing laundry or, you know, there was that incident where um, where the crime writer dies in the apartment that yeah. was a little too close to home. But of course, she would never suspect any foul play. And it wasn't even Dexter's foul play at all. It was Hannah's. But the world is starting to creep in a little bit. There was a dead body for the first time in the apartment. And, you know, Lewis, she still doesn't know that Lewis is dead. And, oh, yeah, you're right. So she doesn't. I don't know if that'll come back and, and be explored at, at, at some point. But, um, you know, I don't know if in the future Jamie's going to have that Kaiser Sose moment where you're like, that's why he works till five in the morning. And that's why, you know, putting you stuff together, putting it all together. But, you know, that's for the writers to decide. But I do love that she really is the only one that that, like I said, doesn't have any baggage. She's innocent and she sees Dexter through love goggles. So when working with uh, working with Lewis as your character is like in, in a relationship, of course, you're still quite hard on him. Because mm -hmm. why are you over on Dexter's side of the apartment? I told you never to go there. Right. Like you, it was a very strict relationship that you, like you had your rules. So it looks yeah. like it seemed more like you were, you were not in love with Lewis at all. It seemed more like you were just dating him. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, she's like young and she's a grad student. And she's a Miami girl, so she probably thought it was love. You know what I mean? And then when she sees him with some other topless yeah, I mean, know, that was... hooker. And who says that? It's not cheating if you pay for it. <laughs> like, really? Really? Um, one of my Twitter followers was like, that is complete douchebaggery. And yeah. I said, that was the perfect word to describe that. But, um, but you know, I think I think it's... it's I mean, it, he's, he was a great character. He served a great purpose. I think she was... She really does respect Dexter, and it's very important to her to do a very good job mm -hmm. for him because he's kind of taken her under his wing, and he pays her overtime, and is and she really is part of the family. I mean, I I don't want to give too much away, but possibly in future episodes, you know, you see her really kind of being included in in, in family sort of. Well, we do stuff. have that little spoiler pick of looked like Thanksgiving dinner, of course, oh, that's so been you released. Know. Okay. Yeah, it okay. has been released on Twitter. There's oh, a nice has it? Okay. Yeah, that's the only reason I knew Hannah wasn't gonna die okay. on last episode. I was like, okay. oh that looks oh look at that pie, it looks delicious. Oh, okay. Is, okay. The, is the food real? Yeah, well <laughs> Bad yes, question. it is actually. But um yeah, so she's you know, she's there, she's part of the family. And he even says, I think, you know, you're your family. So um so in typical kind of Latin fashion if your family, your family for good and, and, and blood supersedes anything. So if she has to choose between Dexter and Lewis, 
you know, she's going to she's going to choose her family, Dexter. So what was your what was probably your favorite part so far of filming on the set with Dexter filming? Like what scene were you you were really like really excited to do, really excited that you can see it on screen and just like that's me. Yeah. Well, I loved the breakup scene because I mm-hmm. feel like Jamie. I mean, a lot of times I'm hanging out with two-year-olds so you have to be playful and fun and bright and you can't really be a downer um so it was fun to play the breakup scene because I feel like she was really emotionally filled and and I could feel I mean you don't plan scenes like that but I could like feel my voice cracking and I I remember doing that scene and I closed the door and I was just shaking and I was completely red in the face and and I just felt like bawling but I didn't it was like uh you know you just get yourself revved up and it was so fun to do that on the show because she's so much of the of the kind of steady um you never raise your voice she never raised i mean she gets a little feisty with her brother because it's family and she could be like dude please do not put yourself in debt by getting this restaurant (laughs) but um but you know but but that was really fun but honestly all scenes with michael i feel like i'm lucky enough to have a lot in most of my scenes with with michael z hall and um and and they're really fun you know there's there's one scene um where where I remember, I think this was early on in the last season where Harrison's in the hospital and there's a hospital scene and, and um, I felt almost like Dexter's like girlfriend at the time, you know, giving him coffee and telling him that, that he could go and show watch um, Harrison. And I remember on one take flipping the lines for some reason. I could see the reaction on Michael's face, which meant he was really listening. He doesn't just tune out, wait for you to stop talking, and then says what he says. Like, he's truly, completely, 100% present. And because I was just saying things that were a little off, because <laughs> he was like this, and it was just nice to know that he's, you know, right there with you. But um, but also, like, there was this one really sweet short scene where Jamie wants Dexter to open up, and he, I think it's after um, most Steph's character passes, and she can tell that he's really down and feeling really upset, and um, he's just by himself in, or with, you know, with Jamie in the apartment, and he's feels, she feels like he needs to get something out. He just lost someone he really got attached to and he just doesn't let you in um and that was a really that was a really sweet scene for me because I feel like Dexter or Michael does a really great job of listening while at the same time being a very closed off Dexter and being true to who the character is so he's he's so good I mean I don't think that the show would work with anyone else and um and I just feel really lucky that I know that Every time the camera rolls, he is just completely going to be there. And, and to me, acting is like tennis. You're only as good as the person you're playing with. So if you're playing with Michael C. Hall, I mean, what do you have to worry about? Yeah, honest, <laughs> honestly, because I've heard, I've heard stories about how he is on set, and he's, it's always good things. And whenever you hear about an actor, the ones that you never want to hear bad things, but the ones where people are like, they want to be there. They want to be the person who helps the new people out. They want to. Oh, they want it to look good. They want their project to be amazing. Absolutely. I mean, he he will go above and beyond. Like I remember, we were shooting a scene in the hospital, and one of the um, background actors was having a hard time with the gurney. And Michael said, "Is that is that hard to push? Well, let's fix that." And then he had someone come and fix it. Like he he is, you know, headlining the show, but he also very much acts like a producer, which he is, and and makes sure to create an environment 
environment where everyone can do their best work. So it's not like he's saying, oh, yeah, I won a Golden Globe already. I get nominated <laughs> for an Emmy every year. I'm Broadway trained. I've been on HBO. Like, I'm, you know, he's. I really think he's one of the best actors of our generation. But still, even with that, he's still so generous in spirit. And he really... You know, he was helping out this background artist because she was having trouble moving the skirney. So I thought that was very generous, and he really is just an absolute consummate, consummate professional. So I have one kind of off-topic question before we move into maybe a little bit of Vegas. Just okay. talk about your character on Vegas. Um, you said that you have a producer who's a big into comic books and archetypes and things like that. And don't worry, I'm not going to grill you on that. Yeah. I'm not going to try to get spoilers out of you. Um, Lewis's apartment, is that his place? Oh, it's funny. That's interesting. No, his place is actually has even more comic books. It's like a really? man cave of comic books. And I said, you know what? This is the kind. If the fans would be so proud, like if they knew that the writers who are creating the shows they're watching had a man cave full of <laughs> comic books, they would be they would beam. I mean, that's like. I mean, I have I love comic books too, but my stack is maybe this big. But to have a room man cave full of comic books, you know that he just lives and breathes his stuff. And and I and, and I don't think. Dex Extra fans would have it any other way. Well, everyone, when watching, like every time we were in seeing a scene in Lewis's apartment, we're just like, yeah. "What's that? What's what's that?" Yeah, I know. It was like the coolest apartment ever. You ever just find yourself like, "Oh yeah, yeah." They're all really cool, like you know, one of a kind pieces, and it's and when you cool. throw them on the ground, oh yeah, it's crazy. The people that watch the show, like Shepard Fairey, made a limited edition skateboard Dexter, and and it's just it's so cool. Like the people that that watch this show and they're such artists in themselves so yeah it was like an amazing our set designer is amazing and that apartment I wish it was mine but you know so did you read the Dexter books I didn't you have not yeah okay so I'm totally gonna avoid that subject yeah (laughs) but uh mm. but yeah let's that was that's awesome. I, I I really enjoy hearing stories from the set. I really enjoy hearing like how it is how's an it's an experience for an actress coming into something that you obviously love. You obviously loved before you were on it, and it's it's really exciting to us, the viewer, to know that people do care about the show. That people care while they're on set. They care about the work, and they put that care into the work to make it the amazing show that it is today on Showtime. Yeah. So that's. That's re- I'm yeah. really excited about that. They really do. And I feel like I was kind of the new kid coming in. So you never know if, you know, what it's going to be once a show has been on for five years and you come in as the newbie. And they were just so welcoming. And everyone from, you know, Lauren to Jennifer and I they just it, it couldn't they couldn't have made it easier. Like completely welcomed me with open arms. And and it was sweet because they didn't have to. So. So, yeah, they totally welcomed in the the new kid. And uh, it was a great experience. So Desmond Harris. Seems like a ladies' man on the show. Does he hit on you on the set too? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's such a sweetheart. I love him. He's great. Yeah, I just had to throw that out there. Yeah, yeah. No, he's 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 a doll. But uh, let's let's move into uh, your character on Vegas. Sure. You play Yvonne on Vegas. Yes. And uh, you are the receptionist at the sheriff's station, mm-hmm. and you pop up here and there doing a few various things and yeah. showing your face and. We have we actually host an After Buzz Vegas show here. They went last oh, night, really? and I told them that you're coming in today, and they they wanted me to tell you one thing. They're like, we 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 love her. She is the ethnically ambiguous receptionist. <laughs> She's great, <laughs> and I'm just like, you guys are awesome. And they're like, we if you Stephen, you better make her love After Buzz because we want her on our show. And I'm like, well, I don't think that'll be a problem because I'm she's super nice, and oh, you sweet. have definitely lived up to everything I told them. You are an amazingly nice person to come in here on your birthday and do this interview with us. And 
I kind of want to put aside the Dexter for now, put aside a lot of that stuff, um, and do talk about a little bit of your experiences on Vegas, because I know you people can only dream of working on two major top-rated shows at the same time in the yeah. same year, working on Dexter and Vegas consecutively. Yeah, and, and RoboCop at the same time. <laughs> yeah, RoboCop. And we'll, we'll talk a little yeah. bit about that. Um, what's it like being on a series that has such an A-list class, A-list cat, A-list cast, <laughs> and coming in as like, one of these roles that you know on a first series of that it's pretty much assured a second more than second season and everything yeah. knowing that you have a character that will have a backstory will be built up to something new yeah well it's great I mean I was I, Greg Walker who's an executive producer on Vegas um, after he watched the second episode I was in he's like we love her character we're just going to bring her back and so that's like an actor's dream you know to to know that you can build a character and inspire the writers because that's the most exciting thing I mean TV is a writer's medium I think theater is an actor's medium and film is a director's medium. But TV lives and dies by the writing. So if the writers aren't excited about you, you're kind of dead in the water. So it's so cool to have them wanting to create, you know, a, a romantic story arc with Taylor Hanley, who plays Dennis Quaid's um, son. And and it's it's just so fun to dress up, you know, in Mad Men, 1960s, <laughs> pencil skirts and high hair and um, and... And it's just great. And they're making it really comedic, which is nice, because I think, you know, Dexter, although Dexter I find very funny, but um, but they are writing to her comedy, which is fun to do. And um, and it's just such a fun show. I mean, I get to show up to work and ride her scooter around and dress <laughs> up in, like I said, cute little 1960s outfits and hang out with cowboys wearing tight jeans all day long. So it's like, what, what, that's kind of a girl's dream and I get to be really sassy in an <laughs> upcoming episode she's the only one that's not scared of spiders you know what I mean so it's like <laughs> it's a sweet little thing where she's just in there and she's part of the boys club and there's a lot of testosterone in a sheriff's office and she just comes in in her little outfit but she's whip smart and I just love how they're writing for her and she's just she's just so fun and I feel very honored to play a woman um, who's ethnically ambiguous <laughs> in the 1960s because I think to run an office as a woman in the 1960s is a really big deal so I'm like well maybe it's my Northwestern coming through you know what I mean so it was it was just an offer I couldn't refuse and, um, and ended up both working out so you do have you you are working in the office, but it is such a hectic time in Vegas with all that's going on with uh, Savino and then Dennis Quaid's character mm -hmm. and then we have the his sheriff's deputy and everything this, I don't want to ask you too much at all. I want to know, is your character, do you think your character is strictly loyal to the sheriff? Or do you think there's going to be a chance for you to maybe be playing both sides a bit on this mof, or this the mob versus sheriff uh, town? I could tell you I'd have to kill you. No, I think, um, you know, I think Yvonne is, is pretty loyal. But it's Vegas, and money can definitely motivate people. But we'll see. I think she's, I think she comes from, from, strong character stock but but you know you see other characters kind of going to the dark side so mm -hmm. you never know she might she might sway that way too i'm just thinking it might be useful for the mob to have a little informant in the sheriff's station that's true i like the way you're thinking i'll pitch that next week <laughs> <laughs> heard it here first yeah. folks but uh yeah let's let's go into a little bit of robocop we cool. can't talk too much yeah but um how did you how did you become part of the robocop project and when did you realize that it was finalized that you are going to be part of probably one of the biggest films of 2014 especially with such a cult fan following even just regular fan following 
And I mean, it was it was an amazing film back when they didn't have all these special effects and cars flying 300 feet through the air and <laughs> trashing into people and yeah. random people dying at every turn and Dexter showing it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like, how how was it becoming part of this project? Oh, it's so great. I mean, I um, it happened all kind of pretty fast and. Um, and you know all my scenes are with Gary Ullman, and I, I told, I, I, I just, it's like once you work with Michael C. Hall, like I said, it's it's kind of hard to to beat that experience. But Gary Ullman is just such an actor's actor, and he's so lovely, and it's great. I mean, it's a five star cast. You know, we have Michael Keaton, Sam Jackson, um, Gary Ullman, Abby Cornish, Joel Kinnaman from The Killing plays the title character Robocop, and it's such an honor to be part of a cast where the top ten actors in that film have all been nominated for either a Golden nominated or won a Golden Globe a Tony, an Emmy, an Oscar, um, or a SAG award. You know, I said, mm-hmm. shoot, I'm glad I got nominated for a SAG award with Dexter. <laughs> I have something to, you know, I have some sort of uh, pedigree, I guess, to offer. But but it's just it's just such an A-list cast in front of the camera. And also behind the camera, our um, editor was nominated for an Oscar for City of God. And our director won the Golden Bear in Berlin, which is a very prestigious award. So it's... Um, and he did this franchise in Brazil. He's Brazilian called Elite Squad, which is very raw and gritty. And um, he's a documentary filmmaker. So I am very proud of this film so far. I mean, we're halfway through, but it's so gritty and it's so not um, formulaic that I feel like it's like having a great, great ingredient in, in making a meal. And so I expect the meal to tastes really good you know so it's just I'm really excited and I think it's going to be so good especially anyone like I said who's watched Elite Squad which is Jose our director's previous films will see that it's such a great story in itself and it's also I don't think sci-fi I mean I think um, it's not like a far in the future thing Um, you know I, I I am very fortunate like I said to work with Gary Ullman and uh and and we get to kind of bring RoboCop to life. And I've done a ton of research for the role um, in science and whatnot. And you hear things like half robot, half cockroaches going into rubble to help earthquake victims or um, drones, you know, that are so commonplace now. And I really think that wars in the future are going to be fought with strictly robots. So, um so and then that would be great because then we're not sending you know our our sons and daughters and and fathers to to war. How great would it be if robots could do those things instead? You know, but then there's like the moral question, and, and so there's to me it's it's a really smart movie. I think of it more as like a Matrix type of movie um, that stays with you afterwards. Where yes, there's the cool special effects and there's the cool green screen and and it's a built-in um, amazing story. But I think it's something that's really Relevant, and I hope that it's something that that you know soldiers that have lost limbs and 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 patients that are amputees can relate to because that's kind of what that character you know has to go through. So hopefully it's like a universal story where it's something simple like how as a husband do you redefine yourself if you go off to war and then you come back and you have no legs but you still have to be the husband that you were before and and satisfy your wife. And it's like a very 
um, important issue, I think, to, to think about. So, um, so I'm really excited. It's really smart, to be honest. That's the only thing that I'm like, God, it's just such a smart movie. You know <laughs> what I mean? If something doesn't make sense, it, it's not, it's not, um, it's not move forward with like it's a very I think MGM and Sony are putting together a really really smart film and I I am just again so excited to be to be part of of this movie and and we're only halfway through but everything I've been a part of and everything that I've seen has just been beyond my wildest imagination and I think that it's going to be a really classy like you don't put Gary Oldman yeah. Gary Oldman in a cheesy sci-fi movie yeah I, whenever whenever I speak with any acting teachers and people like that when they talk about the greats one of the names they always bring up is Gary Oldman mm-hmm. like he is he is the embodiment of acting as an art form exactly and it's I mean, amazing Sid Vicious and Beethoven and Dracula and and you know his work in the professional like I'll never forget that scene where he downs that pill without water with Natalie Portman yeah. in the bathroom and just those things that stay with you you know what I mean so I don't feel like sci-fi films have to be poorly performed Cheesy. they don't have to be you know who who made that a rule so i think i don't think the matrix is cheesy at all i think it's a very smart movie that will stand to the test of time you know like i just watched i am sam last night and that movie will was good 10 years ago and it was good last night and it, it'll hope it'll be good in 20 years it's just a, such a universal well-made film so i hope that this film is the same, and so far it has kind of the ingredients for it to be so. Well, I really hope it is as well. Um, how did you get started? Like, when did you know you were going to be part of this project? And Robocop? did you, yeah, Robocop? And like, was it the same? They called you directly, and they wanted you for this part, or? Uh, well, they wanted me to come in, and I had been so busy kind of shooting Dexter that I had one window to come in, and they're like, "Well, she can only come in in this in this time frame," and then. Um, and then it was great. You know, the director saw the my tape, I guess, because he was out of out of um, the country. Uh, we're shooting in Toronto, so he was out scouting, and um, and it was just such an easy. And it was great because I, I, I the editor of RoboCop um, is a Dexter fan. Oh, and so that I don't think hurt. And it was really cool. His phone rang, and it was like. Dun 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 dun. I said, "Is that the Dexter?" So it was. It doesn't hurt, you know, when when your Oscar-nominated editor is a fan of Dexter, and that's what's just so cool. I mean, not to bring it back to Dexter, but it's just so neat that 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 people that are you know nominated for an Oscar and this really cool indie they did and 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 people who know nothing about the business at all and I was running into this other couple and they seem they're such a like nice church going couple and they love Dexter so it's like such, <laughs> it just runs the gamut of of the people that that love the show so um so yeah so it was just kind of a quick process and um I didn't even have really time to prepare I was working so much that I just thought well I'm definitely not going to sound rehearsed because (laughs) um because I was just so busy but but maybe that helped so yeah um I totally like was listening to you so much I forgot my next question oh no no but um yeah so we have we have a lot of lot going on with RoboCop can you give us anything about your character at all or is it a little bit too under wraps? It's a little bit under wraps. All I can say is that she works with Gary Ullman um, to help, uh, you know, bring RoboCop to life, and she's a scientist. All right, that's that's enough. <laughs> now we have a little bit of background for mm-hmm. who you who will be looking for you as when mm-hmm. we go see the movie, of course, in theaters, and I believe it's 
so far on IMDb it says 2014, but mm-hmm. I'm not. Is it? Yeah, uh, February 2014. Awesome. So we can definitely go check that out, February 2014. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about. So we've already we've already covered how you started as an actress and how you've moved forward in your career. And I want to know, do where do you see yourself going? Because obviously, RoboCop is a great. It's like moving into one of the biggest feature films of the next coming decade. <laughs> Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. No. I. I think. Yeah. So. So. Where do you see your career as an actress going? Do you want to move? In, are you thinking more t- moving into like uh, a main role on a TV show? Do you want to do more movies? Are you thinking the femme fatale role or maybe a more leading lady role? Yeah. I mean, femme fatale would be great. You know, I. I honestly love like the reception from Dexter fans is so. I mean overwhelming. Like I love. I. I just started getting on Twitter because I. I just they're just great and they're smart and they challenge you and they and and I love kind of that genre and so I'd love to kind of stay in that world. You know, I think Robocop and and Dexter are kind of in that same world of of very high concept um uh, kind of sci-fi genre, and I and I love it. So I I would love to. Um, I know I can't believe Dexter's coming to an end. It's so it's so sad. It's like it's like an old <laughs> friend, you know. You just you look forward to it Sunday nights, and you just hang out with them. Um, but uh, I don't know where where the next step is. I would love to continue doing shows as good as Dexter. Um, I think Showtime is kind of sweeping the Emmys right now, and and I would love to you know be on a show like Homeland or another. I don't know if Dexter can ever be replicated, but another show, you know, similar to Let's throw to you Dexter on Breaking and Bad. Tone. Oh God, I'd love to. Be <laughs> but I think they're ending too. Yeah, sadly they so, are. So yeah, but that but that kind of quality. Like I'd love to continue doing working with great actors because I feel like once you get the taste of working with great actors, you just don't want to go back, you know. But I also would love to produce. So I, I would love to end up producing it at some in some way. But movies are so fun. I mean, we literally shoot one scene in an entire day, and to have the luxury of doing that, especially when you're doing kind of minority report type of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's you know green screens and this and that, and it's such a large than life type of thing that it's so cool and it's like magic you know what I mean and so it's it's really neat and I like that aspect of Robocop and and it's just so cool to be in a scene where you look to your right and it's Michael Keaton and you look to your left and it's Gary Ullman and you look in front of you and it's Joel Kinnaman and you're like yeah, this is great. I, c- I could do this. Yeah, that's. So, I mean, it's got to be a great feeling, I yeah. imagine. And uh, with a movie that's probably as action-packed as that, we just had, a, on, from Vegas, we had Steve Rizzo, who's oh, Jason yeah. O'Mara's uh, stunt double. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just in the studio last night, and he was talking about how Jason likes to do a lot of his own stunts, but mm-hmm. at the same time, he mentors him on them. Is there any type, any things in, like, RoboCop, do you want to do your own stunts for most of it, or do you always have somebody else fill in for you? Um... Uh, I like to do my own stuff. That's what I like to hear. I'm a big fan of Jackie Chan, so of course, growing up, I'm like, do my own stunts. Yeah, jump ma- off a tree. <laughs> exactly. Makeup can always cover up bruises. There you go. Well, um, what kind of stuff are you working on right now? Before we before we close this interview, I want to know where everyone can find you. What kind of stuff you're working on? Where your fans can connect with you? Because of course, these interviews are great. But I think fans want to be able to find your Twitter, be able to see how you're doing day day to day, you know. Yeah, I've actually really become active on Twitter. I think I might have to 
take it down a notch. Someone was like, you connect so much with your fans. And I'm like, you say that like it's a bad thing, you know. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm on Twitter um, at, you know, Amy underscore Garcia. And um, right now is a very exciting time. I've been flying in and out of the country. But I'm from Chicago. So um, I definitely... Um, try to you know go home as as much as possible, um, but that's pretty much the best way I think to kind of I mean that's how I you know you <laughs> reached out via Twitter and you said can you come on and I saw it and I, I'm actually really good at at reading them and I trust my Twitter fans like I I the other day I needed more music in my iPod because I feel like my musical choices were getting kind of stale and they just gave me great suggestions and and it's just nice to have smart followers it's very convenient I could Google or I could ask you guys and so sometimes I. I opt for the latter. Do you have anything you want to say to everybody? Oh, geez. No, I guess I would just say, you know, thank you for for being so fervent. I, I love the bragging rights of saying that Dexter has more Facebook fans <laughs> than Modern Family and American Idol, which I think is insane. I mean, it's like 12 million and growing, and it's all them, you know? It's all you guys, and, and I think I stand by. I think Dexter fans are the best fans in the world, and they'll tell you if they don't like something. They'll be like, uh, I mean, they will be very clear, you know? So it's, they really keep the writers in check, and, and, and I wouldn't expect anything, anything less than that. So, um, so just kind of thank you for watching and supporting, and they've been great. And thank you for all the birthday wishes. <laughs> and uh, that's that's pretty much it. Where can we where can we see you aside from coming episodes of Dexter and RoboCop in two years? Oh, yeah. Man. Well, in I guess Vegas. only only a year and, and three three months now. Yeah. Is is Vegas the only cur- project you're working on currently that we can see you in coming episodes? Oh gosh, I guess so. Yeah, but. Uh, but Dexter's RoboCop's right coming. The corner. Yeah, RoboCop's coming. So um, it'll be very, yeah, it'll be good. I think Vegas, I mean, if you really are needing your dose of Amy, I guess you can, yeah, hopefully Dexter, you know, I didn't die last episode, so I think I'm safe <laughs> to say she's just dropping off the kids in Orlando. <laughs> One Twitter follower was so sweet. He's like, it does not take that long to drive to Orlando. Why are you not in this episode? I said, just, oh, thank you. That's very sweet. But, um, but you know, she'll be back since, since you know, next, or, you know, for next week. And um, unless Jamie ends up with some sort of knife in her chest or a bullet in her head. Um, dun, dun, dun. Done, done, done. You know, there's Vegas, and then they'll hopefully, I don't know, we'll see, we'll see. That's all I can, that's all I can say. Good day. No. We, we, just, <laughs> we just got to figure out things to do between this season of Dexter and next season of Dexter, because we, we, we're sure they're going to leave it off with a huge cliffhanger. Yeah. And to top what happened last season, we're just wondering what's coming at us. Yeah, there's definitely a cliffhanger. I, 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 I like I said, the, the last scene of this season was not in the script, but, uh, it was read out loud once. It remains in my brain. I will not say nothing, but um, but it's definitely it's definitely a cliffhanger. I mean, they they've got the season finale cliffhangers. Uh, they've cornered that market. Oh, yeah. So, so it's, it's going to be big. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and then it's the last season. All right. Well, I. I think I've exhausted my questions. <laughs> I've I asked too many, I think. But <laughs> no, you're great. But uh, thank you so much for joining us today. It's honestly, it's been a pleasure, and for you to come in on your birthday, we're so honored to have you in our studio here. And usually at AfterBuzz, we bring the guest in and watch the show and then do the recap. But I really am glad that we got to sit down and have an interview and actually talk about what goes on behind the set, what goes on with your career, and and how how hard people. I mean, it's an inspiration to how hard you have to work to get to where you want to be. And 
still after probably 13 years or more in your career, you're still moving up. And it's, it's very inspirational to, I mean, actors and hosts such as myself, because we're just at the start of it. And yeah. you got to know that you got to work hard to be working with Gary Oldman. Yeah. And Stephen, we also actually have our very own Maria Menounos. She has <gasps> something to say. Really? Well, bring her into the studio. Whoa! Hi! Hi. How are you? Hello, Maria. How are you? Hi. How are you? Good. Hi. How are you doing? Hello, Todd. How are you? See? <laughs> I know. Sorry. That's a, I literally I was like, you look so much. Do you want a mic? Like Jesse. It's oh, uncanny. No, I, do you want yeah, a mic? Yeah, yeah. yeah, let's get you a mic. Okay, perfect. Okay, so hey, let me pop in this. while you're finding me one. Hi! This is, like, incredible. Well, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having. Okay, I'm obsessed with <laughs> Dexter. I don't know if you know this, but um, I missed the season after Julia Stiles. Was that season, season six, six, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I have to say I missed it because of Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. And then I got back... And when season seven started up, um, my boyfriend, Kevin, was just like, Maria, you're never going to be able to catch up right now. <laughs> He's like, and I really want you to start watching with me because we needed like to get into the show again. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, all right, this is totally against my nature, but yeah. I did it. And all of a sudden, his sister knows what, what he is. And yeah. I was yeah. having a heart attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It was, it's, I feel like the last season was a setup for like that one scene where she's like, you are not who I thought you were. And then, wait, can I say, like, I'm not going to spoil anything, right? Yeah. Like, and then she says, oh my God, I'm in love with you? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. That might be my favorite line of the whole series when she's, I will not drop the F bomb, but she's like, I, um, and you're a serial, kill- serial killer, and I'm more effed up than you are. I brilliant. That line was brilliant. Yeah, I I can't even tell you. And and I'm just watching this, and I, I don't know where it's gonna go and, yeah. and how it's gonna go. I'm sorry, I've like completely taken no, over your seat. No, you're fine. Don't worry. Welcome. I'm so obsessed. <laughs> no, but that's what that. I feel like to kill Ray Stevenson on episode nine. It almost seems like a series finale to kill off the main nemesis three episodes before the end of the year. You know, like, they never know. And I never know if I'm going to die either. <laughs> like, every time I tell them, every time I'm I get sure. a script, I'm like, because I... still alive at the end? Yeah. Yes, perfect. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. It's Yeah, I, I was at Whole Foods the other day, and I heard these two girls talk, and they're like, do you think that it was a dream, or do you think she really saw his tools? And then the other girl said, no, I think it's definitely a dream. There's no way that she really saw his tools. And then I thought... Actually, like, I was just so excited. It was like water cooler talk. Crazy. But it's it's seventh season, but they were talking about the show as if it were in its first season. So it's, I'm really excited yeah. you like it, Maria, because I feel I like do. You, you know, <sighs> you're so busy and you probably, but it really, yeah. you just made my day. I love really it. I, the only shows I make, I can like say I officially make time to see Breaking Bad. are Breaking Bad, yeah. Homeland, Dexter, and Walking Dead. And I fight. Like, tonight, I'm so excited to finish up with this last meeting here and get home. I have to pack for a trip tomorrow, and then I'm going to get in bed and watch my last couple episodes that I haven't caught up on. And so, you know, um, I miss Sunday's Homeland and Walking yeah. Dead. So, um, well, you just made my amazing. day. That means a lot because you're super busy, so I feel like you have to prioritize. Absolutely. And to be on and that list of four shows. Those like, are the top cool. shows on television, hands down. There's yeah. no question. Well... 
there's Boardwalk Empire. I didn't get into that one. Yeah. And Kevin's still mad at me about it, but I just <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't get into it. And I yeah. know it's an amazing show. Yeah. But I didn't get into it the first day, and then once he starts watching ahead of me, now I have to play catch up. Right. And right, so right. for me, my viewing experience is with him. Yeah. Because, you know, he even watches Dancing with the Stars with me, like when I can catch up on that. Yeah. Which is also so hard to keep up with, but Oh, yeah. I'm so happy. I know I told him, I said, I hope the last season, I think it's going to just be epic because yeah. this is it. And I Wait, said, so now we're one more season? One more season, then and that's, that's it. it. That's yeah. it. Are you, how caught up are you on this season completely? Um, I think I might have one episode in my queue because the last one I saw was the girl, um, I don't remember her, her name, is it? Um, Hannah McKay? Who? Hannah. Hannah yeah, Hannah. What's her real name? I'm sorry. Um, Yvonne. She, Yvonne Strahovski. Yes. Yeah, Yvonne. I've interviewed her before. She's amazing. Yeah. When he, I saw that one when he killed her. Was it on the beach? No. She, the beach? You guys were on the beach. beach. I remember okay. seeing that. Okay, and then later yeah. he kills so that's, her. Uh, two episodes. Yeah. So I have two more? No, you have one more to catch up on. Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, I, I had a marathon over Thanksgiving break. I yeah. watched all <laughs> of them in a row. Yeah. I literally would sleep. And I'd wake up and watch Dexter. And then I'd pass out again. And then i watched Dexter. <laughs> and I'm like, It was great. Really sweet. <laughs> it was a lot of rest. And then I was like, am I going to have some messed up dreams? <laughs> yeah. I actually do dream about Dexter sometimes. And it's not, I like wake up and I'm sweating and I'm. Well, the guy, so, when he had oh, those horns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. He freaked yeah. me out. Yeah. And so today, in fact, I was at the Grove and I was walking by. We had this display table and they had these beautiful, you know, those cake pops desserts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had those beautiful cake pop desserts. And there were these little reindeer and they were so cute and they had little pretzel heads. And I'm like, <laughs> is there something wrong with me that I all I see when I see this is the yeah. crazy man from Dexter? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, who are yeah. you? Well, it's funny because our writers are really sweet looking like their moms and their dads. And I say, you look so sweet. You have twins. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you come up with this just crazy, like, minotaur, you know, things, and they just seem so seemingly normal. Yeah. But I guess you never know. When you get fan mail from the show, from people who watch the show, yeah. do you ever get letters? Because every time I watch it... From jail, yes. No. No, not too. <laughs> I'm sure you get some interesting ones. But do you ever get people that are afraid that the show could encourage some stuff because oh, I watch it sometimes and I'm like, well, he has a heart of gold and we all love him. Yeah. So could it? He's a vigilante. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. do people have a hard time with that? Do you find? That's interesting. I mean, hopefully people can distinguish between reality and not reality. Um, but, you know, I think that, I mean, not really. Like, there's nothing. I mean, there hasn't been any, you know, like copycat fan mail or yeah. anything like that. And, and, Michael, I feel like, just presents him with so much integrity. Mm -hmm. And somehow he's so likable. Like, I don't know. I mean, it really is a testament to Michael C. Hall as an actor. Mm -hmm. That he could be so likable, even though he's taking away people's lives. But I think that people are really forgiving. Like, if it was a rapist or someone who used to really cause suffering, they're, like, okay with it, you know? But I, God, I hope not. I mean, I, so far, you know, it's been seven years. And and luckily, there's no copycat Dexter killers. But, um... But, I mean, you never know. But hopefully people can, you know, not go down that path yeah. and just realize that it's entertainment and just supposed to be your Sunday night. Guilty pleasure. Guilty like. pleasure, you know. <laughs> I wonder, too, the other thing I think about often, and um, 
it's so funny because, you know, when you get to sit across from someone who has the answers, all the questions start popping <laughs> in your head. Um, when I watch, because I know that those guys were married before, I'm like, I wonder how they right. work together every day. And I know that there's so many people that do that. And right. so it shouldn't be, you know, a question that does pop into my mind. But yeah. I do wonder all the time. Yeah. And I'm sure people who are listening wonder. I mean, and not to get too personal about it because it's no, not my intention. No, no. But I mean, honestly, I mean, I came in season six. So I was kind of the new kid after they had been together, you know, for a while, long time. But they are so both professional and really good friends. Yeah. And they get along really well. If you see them on set, they're cracking up and, mm-hmm. and they... I think the testament to how amazing they've even been performing this season is very telling of how comfortable they feel each other. Because I don't think you can give a great performance. And I think we can all agree that Jennifer Carpenter's long overdue for an Emmy. Oh, my God. And you see it this season. Big time. That girl is putting her heart on her sleeve. And that girl, yeah, I mean, she is, maybe that means she'll get nominated. She's just so broken. (laughs) And you see that. And I don't think that if there was any personal weird issues, I think, I don't think that she would allow herself to get to that place of vulnerability. But he is obviously so comfortable with her and she's so comfortable with him. And I see it. And they're just consummate professionals. And it's funny, someone tweeted that she deserves an Emmy for telling her ex-husband that she's completely (laughs) in love with her. I I know! thinking that the entire time. I'm like, wait, but you did. Oh, this yeah. is so weird. Yeah, but no, I mean, it's people ask me that all the time. Like, is it weird and this, that? I said, I mean, maybe it was weird before I got there. I don't yeah. know. But I just was so impressed with how, and when you're an adult, you realize life happens and you yeah. just, they're big enough to just kind of move forward. And, and they know that their relationship affects the rest of the, they really set the tone. Yeah. So um, they, they've set it so beautifully. And I think that the show is just back. And I think it's just hopefully going to end with a bang, you know? Wait, another question. Yes, so please. speaking of Jennifer, when I watch and see how intense her scenes are and how much, you know, she has to bring she so gives. much to it. I was watching and I told Kevin, I go, how does this poor girl do it? It takes a lot of energy <laughs> to put that kind of performance out because she's constantly in chaos and fear and, you know, pain and yeah. suffering. You know, how is that on set? I mean, is she able to just switch it on and switch it off? Does it drain her? You know, I I mean, that's probably a better question for her. I don't know. But as far as I always see her, I don't have any emotional scenes with her, but yeah. she is just, whenever I see her cracking hair and makeup up all the time, <laughs> she is, I mean, she loves her bowling. You know what I mean? She's very... Um, I mean, like anybody, if I if I'm doing a, a like the breakup scene with Lewis, I just you just kind of stay in your space because you have to stay emotionally filled. So I assume you know that's similar to what what she she does. But as far as carrying it over, I mean, we were we were supposed to go shooting a c- couple of weeks ago. I was out of town; we couldn't do it. But she's just so playful, and and um, I think her birthday is actually coming up next week. But mm. but she's um, she just seems like a really good friend and a really balanced grounded person from mm-hmm. what I can I can tell. I mean she doesn't I think Jennifer uh Deb is damaged but I don't see Jennifer damaged. I mean she's mm-hmm. she's just such a strong powerful woman doing boxing now and yeah. and um, I love her hair too. I yeah. love the new highlights on the ends. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's cute. Yeah. Okay, my next question. Sorry. I have so many. <laughs> oh, you're good. Um 
what do you do to stay in shape? Because you are popping that little booty into that lens and everything looks amazing. Yeah. And those little shorts and stuff. Come on. Yeah. Well, that's really good motivation <laughs> when you know that people you don't know are going to see your buttocks and yeah. always in a bikini. Surprise, surprise. I think uh, Jamie's in a bikini again this upcoming episode. That girl. But um, <laughs> he's like, yeah. But, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it's funny. I guess I just try. Well, same thing you do. I just try to do something different different every day. Yeah. I'm a Chicago girl. I'm a total... Are you ba- really? Yeah. Born and raised mm. in Chicago. I'm like avid. You know, I love my my bears. I don't know how the mother of these of these players do it because I don't even know these players. And, and I you're just, like, heart, like having a heart attack. Heart, I know. I just, it's I like know. I'm getting stressed just watching the Bears game. You oh, know? we so, should watch a game together. Yeah. Or, Next time or, the Patriots play the, the Bears. Okay, yeah, that'd be fun. Or the Cubs. I feel like if the Cubs... I thought the Cubs haven't won a World Series since 1908 and I, don't, I thought I they were going to win in you know, like a couple years yes, ago. Yes, I remember. Did you see the documentary about that guy? Yes, yes. It was so, it was sad. so sad. I know. It's just so It wasn't painful. his fault. I know, I know. The poor He's guy's like in the, hiding. His whole life is I know, over. I know, He's like in the witness protection program. Yes. But it's just, it's painful to be a, a, a Chicago sports fan. But I only say that because <laughs> I love deep dish pizza and I love, I don't have any no chocolate or, because I always say, if you say no chocolate, it's like saying you can't date that boy. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking, well, then I want to date him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I can't say no to myself. Um, so, like, today I had a photo shoot, so I tried not to eat, like, a linebacker yesterday. Yeah. And then today, after I finish this lovely interview, I'm going to go and have a piece of pizza. You nice. know, so I think it's just... And I just try to do something different every day. I used to burn myself out and work out every single day until I physically could not walk. And now I realize that that is not sustainable. Yeah. So now I'll you know do Pilates one day yoga and then I realize now I just want to sustain mm-hmm. I don't I mean unless I'm doing a love scene and hopefully we'll see hopefully they won't write any more love scenes then <laughs> where I really want to look super cut yeah unless it's that I just you know so it's like I I feel comfortable and I just don't want to do anything extreme mm-hmm. I, I'm athletic so I don't want to not feed myself carbs and cut out this and I don't want to be at a bar and not have a drink with my friends so I just feel like I don't do anything extreme and I just really try to do something every day different so that my body is kind of shocked so there's no secret and sleep I know it sounds so not exciting or expensive but sleep and water are my two best friends especially because you know I've been shooting I'm doing Robocop in Toronto and Vegas here so I've been on planes every five days so I just have to just sleep a ton because I've been waking up LA time one in the morning because my call time is five Toronto time so I have to wake up at four which is really one in the morning for my body so it's it's a little rough but I just have to sleep you know Toronto's fun though yeah it's cool and RoboCop's amazing yeah (laughs) congratulations it's huge but I'm so excited. You liked it. Honestly, you made my day. I'm so glad. Okay. It's like the best. Well, because I was out there and I was trying to take pictures off the monitor of you to be like, oh my gosh, she's in studio right now. <laughs> and then like, you know, by the time the delay happened, like you would be looking off or whatever. Yeah. And then I'm like, I'm just going to go inside the booth. And then when I saw you, I'm like, wait, I should go in and say hi. Duh. Yeah. No, but I am so impressed. I just want to give a shout out to, to this one over here. I came in and I got the tour and I said, whose brainchild was this? And they said, Maria. I said, you're telling me Maria is like this little entrepreneur that had a germ of an idea. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, she has, like, this whole thing. And so I Thank love, because I feel like a lot of people have a lot of good ideas, but a lot of people don't see them through. So I was just so impressed. I'm like, not only is she, if like, I'm not a lesbian, but if I was, I'd be all over that. <laughs> and, and and I just, I feel like, I think I'm blushing a little bit, but I'm like, she's super hot, she's super cool, and I love that you just are, like, this entrepreneur that put this all together. And I'm like, so this was her 
thing. You're like, yeah, her and and me and, and, Kev, and, me and, yeah, and Kevin. Thank you, and a, and a so, few others for sure because it yeah. takes a village. Because I know with like construction, everything mm-hmm. just takes oh, longer. It takes, but yeah. I love it. I like. Lo- I wanted to take pictures and like. You should absolutely. And, yeah, the studio has so. been like you know it's taken phases. It's had different life forms, and yeah. you know we have so many great hosts and so many great people here. It's a great energy when you're here. Like yeah. especially on a night when there's like. A Thursday night. Is today Thursday or twice? Today's no, Wednesday. Wednesday yeah. On a Thursday night, there's so much energy. It's like bumping in here. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's great because, you know, these, you know, there's so much, um, there's a starvation for this kind of content. People yeah. love talking about their shows. Like, I'm supposed to be in a meeting right now. And I'm yeah. like, I want to talk about Dexter. Yeah. No, but it's true. Like, I, re- I read up on you guys and it's. I mean, you do this with sports. They're talking about the Lakers. Yeah. And they don't, and they're sitting there like, well, Kobe was, I guess, had the flu yesterday. And so he's, but he's still getting 40 points. And, and you're right. It's nice. I'm like, yeah. why don't we get it for TV? Absolutely. So, well, I have to so come thank back you. again. I would love to. I'm glad you're enjoying if your Jamie time. If Jamie doesn't die. Oh. No, no. Even I mean, if you, you do, never come know. back. The After Buzz family <laughs> will like throw a fit. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. Well, we'll see. You never know where it goes. But um, but I'm really excited you like this season because yeah. I think it, it's, it's like re-energized. And I told I told I was telling him I think it's the beginning of the end, mm-hmm. and it'll be cool to see Michael do things we've never seen him do before, like kind of go a little bit crazy when he's like I control everything, and then you're I thinking, know you're delusional. So I think it's he's gonna get off he's gonna go off track a little. Yeah, but it'll be cool because he's such a great actor, and yeah. for six years he's just been so expressive with doing so little. I'm just so I'm sad. so excited. All my favorite shows like Breaking Bad is I gone know. next season. This one it's like they're like holes in my heart i'm like <laughs> what am i gonna yeah. do you just have to produce one it's like losing like one. a pet they're just like but i, I loved know. him why would he go why would I god know. take him from me <laughs> i know trust me i'm sure so many people on that show would love to but but michael also feels like he owes it to the fans to leave the character on the journey that he should have yeah. and not no one wants to overextend their welcome you yeah, know I don't yeah. want to I mean I love Brett Favre and stuff but you know sometimes I'm sure people are thinking sometimes you have to know when to kind of hang up the jersey <laughs> Brett I love that she's bringing up yeah Brett. I shouldn't I mean, such a lovely person no, you know for but sure. I feel like but but just if you're an athlete I feel like sometimes but um but you never know I'm just saying some people might say that yeah I'm a, I'm a Bears fan so I only yeah. know about my team but the Bears <laughs> but um but yeah thank you this cool. is super fun thank he you and we, did you have fun hosting dexter with her of course i love it shout out to bwr thanks for bringing her in yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm gonna go back to my meeting switcheroo all right yay well so I'll good see to see you Yeah, we should. Well, come grab me when you guys are done. All right, cool. That was such a nice surprise. Yeah, that was that was awesome. Are we still on? Did the we're we're definitely that? still on. Yeah, <laughs> everything. I know. That's like on the record. That is that is technically on the record that you are a Bears fan. Yes, <laughs> yes. And if I if I was a lesbian, that Maria would be my type of girl. But yes, that was <laughs> that was After Buzz TV's founder Maria Menounos of Extra. That was so and cool. Yeah, nice that, little special guest. That's awesome. Cool. <laughs> just just like you working with Gary Oldman, I don't know where to go from there because you just were with Maria and now it's back to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good. But uh, yeah, I it's 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 weird because we were kind of closing out before she came in, so I don't know what to do now. Yeah, no, but so should should we kind of close it out? I think we're gonna I think we're gonna wrap it up. Cool. Um, 
Anyway, it was great to have Maria join us. It was so amazing to have you join us tonight. Aww, thank um, you. We would definitely love to have you come back, either for Dexter, even for Vegas, even for a visit to guest host something. Okay. If you have any other shows that you're big fans of, we, we just love having people in who talk about their favorite things. Sure. That's what we are. We're the Super Fan Network, and if you're a fan of something, we want you talking about it. Done. But uh, thanks again so much, Amy. Tell us again where we can find you so all the fans can connect. Yeah, I, um, I'm really good with Twitter, so if you have a question or something, I, I respond um, pretty well. Uh, at Amy A-I-M-E-E My name is actually spelled French I don't know why I'm not French But at A-I-M-E-E Underscore Garcia G-A-R-C-I-A And you can find me Like always At Stephen Lemieux S-T-E-P-H-E-N L-E-M-I-E-U-X My last name's French And I'm not French So I don't know about that either <laughs> cool. But this has been The exclusive After Buzz interview With Amy Garcia of Dexter Jamie Batista Or... Happy birthday. Robocops Kim. Yeah. But happy birthday again, and thank, thank you, you so much. We'll catch you this Sunday night for another exciting episode of Dexter, which is going to be closing in on the end. Mm-hmm. Sunday's the night. Anyway, we'll see you later. Thanks thank again. You. Thanks so much. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.